You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Not a good day? Great day. Okay. So I'm going to do something. Yeah. So if you're here with your significant other, could you please... Okay, if you're here with your significant other, put your hand up, please. Don't be shy. Nat. Okay, come, please. Where's she? Where's she? Her name is Kome, right? Correct? What's, what? Yeah, Kome. Hi, darling. This way? Thank you. You're keeping the church waiting, Kome. Should I get you? Okay. Here, let me get you. Let me get you. Give it up. Give Woo, 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 woo. Oh. Picture moment. Picture moment. Oh, my God. Oh. My message is preached. Let me just go to my seat. Perfect gentleman. Oh. Oh. So, hi, guys. Okay. There are some shifty looking guys in church today. Yes. <laughs> and it seems like they came with their significant others. Yes? Tell me who, where, when, how, where are they? Okay, you guys, name call, tell me. Where, show me. No? I'm dreaming, okay. Hi. Why are you, why are you dodging? I, you know, you are the one that drew attention to you. Okay, guys. So I'm going to be asking a lot of questions, and you're going to be giving me a lot of feedback. So when I was asked to take this message, somebody actually said, I'm the wrong person to preach this because I haven't been single in a long time. And then I was told I was never even single. Is that fair? So it seemed like I was married in my head even when I was 16. Okay. And the first thing that I want to say to you today is a promise. Right? Don't get comfortable. I'm coming to meet you guys where you are. And everybody on the first row. Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is alive. Ecclesiastes 7, 8. It says, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. That's what the word says. And that's the promise that I have for you today. Any way you look at it. Whether you're talking relationship, you're talking finances, you're talking anything, always remember, better is the end than the beginning thereof. And that is a biblical promise. So if you're passing through anything, you're confused about anything, you feel unheard, better is the end than the beginning. Can we say that, church? Yeah, so better is the end of your situation than the beginning thereof. 
having said that, I realized, and I asked a few people at church today, that what is the one thing that you don't really like about being single? And a few people volunteered. One of it was, you know, people don't take you seriously. Is that true? Well, a guy told me this. People don't take you seriously. Somebody else said loneliness. Is that true? Loneliness? Okay, thank you. So the lack of companionship kind of aches you, correct? Okay. Nobody to... So is it physical loneliness or intellectual loneliness? Which is it? There's no intellectual. What kind of conversations do you have? Oh, so you don't want to have intellectual conversation with person. That's not the main thing. I get it. <laughs> okay. What else don't you like about being single? Somebody said to me the remarks. The attention. I thought you'd like attention. No? Sorry? Oh, the lack of attention. Okay, nobody's complimenting your hair. You have your nails done. Nobody to. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> Remind me next Sunday. Oh, no, you don't want me. Okay. Okay. Point taken. But, you know, someone said the remarks get to her. People almost feeling as if, ah, and you're this fine. It was actually one pretty lady that said that. That people actually say, you are this fine and you are still single. And almost as if the next question is, what happened? <laughs> yeah. But that's the question people don't, ans don't ask. And, but oftentimes we hear it and we see it in the looks. Right? Yeah. And then we then begin to ask ourselves those questions. Questions like, what happened? Really, what happened to me? There's somebody else mentioned to me that she doesn't really understand how she feels when other people are getting engaged. So she's happy, I mean, you know, happy that her friend is getting engaged, but half the time wondering why not her. And then I was also told that a stage comes where you get into the pleasing stage. Tell me if I'm correct. That stage is when you've tried it all, but you then want to do a little extra, thinking that the extra might get you noticed, thinking that being the extra nice, extra polite, extra social, you'd go to the opening of an envelope simply because you're told, be more outgoing. Am I correct? Yeah. And for the guys, the pressure is often maybe because I don't have this sort of car yet. I mean, if you go to the gyms, I mean, the gym memberships are 
and everybody's building their muscles, right? Yeah, maybe my physique is not good enough. And the concentration seems to be on everything on the external. More money, what else, what else do you want, money? Praise God. And you know what? It's really okay to want to do all these things. But then I want us to look at another side of life. Apart from PI and PFG, PFA, is there any other married person in the house? Caleb. <laughs> Caleb, you will come here for putting up your hand. You will come forward and tell us the exact date that you got married and who joined you. Caleb, please come forward. You will not do that again in service. Come forward, Caleb. <laughs> Say you're sorry. Okay. And so I, I know you want to get married. It's okay, calm down. It's going to happen soon. Relax, thank you guys. Okay. And so if it's just three of us here, I would speak for us three. Marriage is beautiful. You don't believe me? You don't believe? Oh, you do? Okay. But marriage is beautiful, but comes with challenges. Every beautiful thing comes with challenges, right? Yeah, if a girl is too fine, she attracts the wrong kind of guys. Do you understand? So, you know, everything. But marriage is indeed beautiful and was designed to be beautiful. But there are certain things that just sometimes mar the experience. And it took me personally maybe about 10 years to figure it out. 10 years of marriage to kind of figure things out. And so I'd wake up every day and trust me, I know this. He'd wake up every day asking himself. I'm not wanting to preempt anything, but when we got past that phase, and I'm like, sometimes in the middle of the night, when you wake up, when I wake up and I see your eyes open, what are you thinking? <laughs> and sometimes, you know, the answer is not like, because it's half the time you're looking at, eh? <laughs> is this who I'm going to spend the next 50 years with? Snoring, but <laughs> but I had those questions too, where I'd wake up and I'm like, ah, this thing was meant to be every day I get a card or a note, every day somebody brings me ice cream, kisses me on the forehead, and then when we fight. What I, my expectations were that when we fight, you know, I'd storm out of the house, start my car, you know, and then I'd just see somebody running, woo, 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 you know, flagging the car down, stop, baby, I love you. But when it didn't happen the first year, the second year, the third year, I started feeling like maybe I wasn't really loved to start with. 
And anyway, but then I realized that it wasn't common to just me. Everyone that I seemed to, that I knew around that time too, they were facing challenges. But here we were. I actually met my husband in school. So here we were, we were five and six. Wherever Dikbo was, Tokwe was. Wherever Tokwe was, Dikbo was. We loved each other's company. But almost as if the moment we said, I do, something happened. And before I get into the meat of the matter, I remember my wedding night. After all the send-off and everybody happy and all, it was just me and him. And that night, as I finally took off whatever it was that I was wearing, I didn't know how to greet him. And I kid you not, I was now Mrs. and he was Mr. And I just felt I just couldn't call him Dipo anymore. And it was a little awkward because I went into the bathroom and I stayed there for a long time. And when I came out, I didn't know whether to say, do you want to eat, sir? <laughs> I'm not even joking. I wanted to show him respect. I wanted to, as if he did, well, he did, but as if he did me a favor. I wanted to show my gratitude. Am I making sense? Yeah. And that was when I realized that there were so many things that we were not taught. In fact, too many things that we weren't taught. And those are the things that I want us to focus on tonight. Because peradventure, your, your heart is longing. You just want to be married. You want to leave that status. But then I'm going to take us through some checklists. And then we would ascertain, because I think it's better when we know these things and we have these things before we say, I do. Your face is bolder. Your resolve is stronger. When you have filled these forms out, and this is the first one. Haven't known that marriage is about two people. And that's what we want. That's what we desire that companionship, that love, that working together, somebody to dump your anxieties on, somebody to throw your love on as well. The question that I then want to ask you, how much do you love you? It's amazing how, let's assume, assume that I have body odor, assume. And you come into my space, do you realize that you would smell me more? True or false? Can you smell me from here? But if I gave you a hug, would you smell me? That's it. There's something about everything that you carry that anyone that comes into that your circle will see will partake of. And when either male or female, when we love ourselves, and we love ourselves dearly and deeply, there's no one who comes into that circle that won't feel it. But then you ask, what's the significance of loving me? Ah, plenty. 
When you love yourself, I want to talk from a woman's point of view. When a woman loves herself, there's so much that she wouldn't give. Am I making sense? Yes. And there's so much she wouldn't take. When a man loves himself too, there's so much his destiny will not take. There's so much his life will not want to entertain. When you love yourself and you love yourself deeply, you want the best for yourself. True or false? Yes. But then the question that I ask is how can you claim to love yourself and then you compromise on certain standards? Standards and things that you're going to live with for the rest of your life. I can tell when I see certain people how much of them, how much of themselves that they love. Because all of a sudden, when you love yourself, you might not see it now, but then you realize that in 10 years' time, some things are not going to matter. The things that you, you're looking out for now, and you just must have, in 10 years' time, she knows how to dance shaku-shaku. Oh, my God. In 10 years' time, will it be significant? Talk to me, guys. No. And I'm using that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually trying not to use people's specifications. Do you get my point? So I'm going to be as generic as possible. But in 10 years' time, in five years' time, some things are never going to matter. And so everything in our lives will be predicated on one thing that won't matter over time. You know, let me share a little secret with you. I was invited to speak at Mandem. I know I didn't pronounce it right. And my husband was taking the session and it was four ladies that were invited to speak. And before, I didn't realize that when a question was thrown at me about um, who is the right, how, does, how do you find the one? And I used an analogy that I recall that when my husband and I were dating, we were still friends rather, he said, he, um, I don't know what we're talking about, and then he said, um, I like, you must not laugh. Oh. Are you laughing? <laughs> he said, he likes light-skinned women. Yeah? <laughs> he likes them with long legs. Ah. Heck, <laughs> me. Yeah. And as I was explaining that, the whole of Mandem started laughing. You know, because my husband had used the same analogy before I walked in of the things he had in his head that he wanted for his life. Can you imagine that? So I had to ask him after Bandem, I said, back then, were you going around campus saying light-skinned, <laughs> long legs? Yeah, you, 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 I, I kind of like you. Yeah. But 
I think my husband is very happy with his choice. And I haven't used bleaching cream. I think he's grown to love the chocolate. But what it is that I'm trying to say to you this night is please love yourself enough to make sure that you're not looking at things that are not significant to make your decisions. Have I made sense to you? The second point that I want to make tonight is the relationship between when God talks about marriage, he talks about him being the third party in the marriage. And that's excellent. He talks about the man in a marriage situation being the priest. But everything revolves about around a threefold cord. For a single person, so many times in the scripture, God talks about the relationship between himself and the single person directly. And I think that goes to show that there's so many things that God wants and needs to reveal to you whilst you're still single. We're such in a hurry to be married, we don't get the handbook for our lives while we're single. And I mean, I'm sorry to put my pastor on the spot, but I'm certain that even as pastor of church, there's so many times he needs to attend to his wife. Are you with me, people? He needs, uh, uh, he needs to attend to his children. Are, you, are we together? Yes. It's a responsibility that he's got. A responsibility that you don't have yet. So the question I ask is if that relationship between yourself and God is not solid now, when is it going to be? When is it going to be? If there are no babies crying now, right? And there's no husband to ensure that you pound yam for now. Correct? When is your relationship with Christ going to be solid? Because what I need to point out tonight is that for that marriage relationship to work and to work excellently, you need your own blueprint. You need to have your own blueprint. You need to know when, who, how things are going to work. And God does not reveal everything at once, but he is sure to his word. He gives you revelation in part. But when you are not hearing your part. So this was something I put on the Life Point group yesterday. And it said, be sober and be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, is roaring, looking for who to devour. And I've, I think I've come across that scripture over and over again. But yesterday morning, I interpreted it very differently. What does it mean to be sober? 
some people say not drunk. But when you're sober, you're clear-eyed, correct? Yes. When you're sober, you have the presence of mind, correct? And then it's only one who has the presence of mind, is attentive to her surroundings or his surroundings that can be vigilant. Because weaving in our affairs every day is the enemy planting thoughts and seeds into our minds, but we are not vigilant. So the enemy has sold us lies. And one of the prayers that I prayed before today's service is that, you see, sometimes the lie from the devil is so, becomes like a truth, right? That we are unable to break away from it. If for the longest time, today I came across a very beautiful woman. I had a speaking engagement and she walked up to me and she said she has insecurity issues. And I almost wanted to say, what? If you have insecurity issues, me, I don't know what I will have. You've got everything going on. But that's the thing. The enemy has painted everything good that's going on to look like it's not really there. It's like a mirage. So when you tell a beautiful woman you're beautiful, she takes it with a pinch of salt because what she's seeing is not what everybody else is seeing. That is how the devil weaves his way into our lives. And this is why I say to you, be sober and be vigilant. For your adversary is planting seeds every day. Tainting. When I hear certain things and I hear things like, God will not give me the kind of spouse that I will not be attracted to. All right? I often want to say, why is it that attraction that is the very first thing on your mind? You see, the enemy has made marriage look like such a trap. Right? That... We're, we all want that attraction. But statistics says that there are more failed marriages when people meet their spouses by themselves than when it's an arranged marriage. Beats that. So if that is true, it means there's so many other things that solidify a relationship beyond attraction. But the enemy is pumping a lot of intelligence, a lot of money into the beauty industry. Have you noticed? Come on, guys. Are you sober and vigilant? Because I, took a, I, looked, I looked at it and I thought about it. Do you know how much money is being pumped into that industry? Everybody wants to look. You know, very soon we'll all be like walking Barbie dolls. Our eyebrows, we, we've been told... The, the way we must shape our brows. <laughs> There's something going on there. <laughs> the enemies told us how we must shape our brows. The enemies told us what kind of skin color makes it. The enemies told us how to walk. He's told us how to even pout. 
The Bible says that we shouldn't be unaware of the devices of the enemy. Yeah. And when we're sober and vigilant, we begin to think about the thoughts that go through our head. Why are we all skewed in this direction? Why do we almost all want, as different as we are, with different family backgrounds, why do most men want the same things? Isn't that a little absurd? Have you thought about it? Liars. <laughs> yeah? And for the exception of some women that don't mind um, the six-pack. Do you want a six-pack? Oh, you want a spare pack? <laughs> Sorry. Amusement park, okay. Right. Do, do you like them broad-shouldered? Talk now. <laughs> do you like them broad-shouldered? Yeah, come on, girl, tell me. Do you like him tall? Dark? Nah, you're indifferent, but he must be tall. And he must be broad-shouldered. Yeah? Sam, so tell me, how would you like her? <laughs> talk it, talk it. Preferably tall. Yeah. And? Long legs. <laughs> long legs? This long legs, Sha. Will heels do? Can heels make them longer? <laughs> what else? One more thing. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay, let somebody help you. Minister Falabi, help, please. Everybody give it up! Woo, 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 woo! Wow, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair, preferably. Chai. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming to where you are. <laughs> Long legs. Ah. Okay, tell us what we don't understand long leg. Teach us, please. How? 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 What? How many inches? You just know when you see long legs. This is very confusing. You used to you like long legs, eh? Okay, one, one, one more thing. One more. What, what, what happens with long legs? They, 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 they walk fast. <laughs> Just try to understand it. What, what exactly? Is it a spiritual thing? <laughs> yeah? But is there anything like short legs? So, so you don't want short legs. So can, can somebody be short-ish but have long legs? Right. Okay. Okay, so so I, I get it now. Can you give us one more thing? <laughs> Do you tell us we're family, aren't we family guys? <coughs> <laughs> Don't put pressure girls. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's always great to have that uh, thing. Tina Turner type. Long natural. Ah, error, 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 error. 
So natural hair. So you don't like this type? Your preference is not wig. Okay. It's, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. <laughs> Thank you. Have you heard? But in all of these guys, ministers, I didn't hear you say maybe she should be prayerful. Should she? Do, is that a requirement? <laughs> oh, that, 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 that's default. Right. Prayerful. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so okay, I get it. Right. So, guys, you're, you're great, you're great. <laughs> so, we're talking about self awareness, and you can almost imagine. After hearing this, it might give us a few things to think about. But people want different things. And I need to be certain. I need to get to that place where I'm sure that whether I've got long legs, I've got natural hair, which I don't. Right? I don't check out in any way. So if I were single... I may wonder, is there anyone for me? You, sh you shook your head, no? Yeah? It may make you think, is there really anyone for me? I am not fitting the mold. But every day, can I tell you something that I say to people when I'm counseling them? Shh, don't tell anyone. When, I'm, when people come to meet me to say, Ferrari, maybe my husband cheated, right? Or maybe I heard one recently. My boyfriend, every time we're driving, he's always looking out. The one thing that I say, and it may sound a little harsh, I've been known to trade harshly, is this. If Jay-Z could cheat, am I making sense to you? Yeah, I'm not. Hmm. If Jay-Z could cheat, everyone uses her as a standard. Are you with me? Yeah. Why is the focus so much on everything on the exterior? If I don't look like a Beyonce, are you saying to me that there's no man for me? If I don't look like a Beyonce, are you saying that I am not good enough to have a man stay faithful with me? What I carry on the inside, you, do you mean that it cannot trump what is on the outside? And this is where we have work to do, ladies and gentlemen where we have interfaced and interacted with God to the point where he is the one who defines you. I have a little dog at home. I always forget, it's a terrier, terrier. What's the, what's the, what's his, what's his breed? Sorry, a lassa, sorry. 
And I noticed that we had the first Lassa, the second Lassa. It's a small throw pillow looking dog, but it has attitude. And we had, uh, what's the big one? Sorry? We had a Caucasian. And you would see the Caucasian mighty big thing that when it stands is six feet high. And my little Lassa would bark at it and the Caucasian will be moving back. And one day I sat outside the veranda because I needed to understand it. And I kept saying, is this big dog a fool? Is it a fool? How can this small thing that you can just kick terrorize you like this? And so I went to the internet to read up on the Lassa. And what it said amazed me. It said it is that's one small dog but in, it, in the mirror, it sees itself as a lion. And honestly speaking, I had respect for the dog. Because all of a sudden, I realized that it is not about the size. It is when you have so much confidence on the inside, it will exude. Recall what I said about that, your space. When you don't love yourself or you don't know yourself, you're unable to stand your ground on certain things that you hold dear or hold as principles. This stage of being single has its significance. And just like when we pass through primary school and secondary school, sometimes we're given the double promotion. But when we're given the double promotion like I was, sometimes you'll pay for it. Because those 10 years of being married I think my parents had done enough to make me feel secure. But then I got into marriage and everything just seemed, at the point I used to say everything revolved around my, the man. And I lost myself. And when I talked to my husband, he says he lost himself too. He couldn't do him anymore. He had to think for two. I couldn't do me anymore. I had to think for two. Now I think for four extra people. And then when you skip that stage and you don't go through the exams, what you find is that you want to compensate at the time when you shouldn't be compensating for the times that you've lost. In this state and this place that you are, Better is the end of the thing than the beginning thereof. And that is why I started with that. Because half the time, you know, the Bible doesn't really talk about the in-between parts. What we always know is where we are. And then we envision where it is that we want to go. But all the development that should happen in between, where, did, where does it go? Where does it go? I was at a wedding last year. And at the wedding, I cried. I cried my eyes out. And it had been a while that I cried. I actually wrote something on it on Instagram. Because for the first time in my life, I actually saw a bride who was herself. And the definition of her, I didn't know her very well at the time. But at the wedding, I saw someone who owned her relationship. I, and everybody saw it. It was glaring. To her dress, to every detail, it was nothing like you had seen in somebody else's. And 
I think I read people quite well. Her happiness was contagious. It was, it, she didn't need to pretend to be somebody else. It meant that her man had accepted her for who she was. She laughed. She took the mic from the MC. Sam, you were at that wedding. She actually grabbed the mic at one point. She joked. She, and the typical bride that we always see is always, you know, reserved and somber and, you know, courteous. But this was somebody who had fun on her wedding day. And I realized that she was grown up and she was ready. When she was happy, it showed. There was a point that I saw her emotional and she tried to hold it back. But it showed. There was a point she was upset with the planner. I'm sure you'll be wondering, Madam, did you go there too? <laughs> yeah. And I had to turn to my husband. I said, Devo, I really want you to do this again. And I'm sure he was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Because I wished for a time when I could get on that place and I could wriggle and do anything that I wanted to do. I can do it now. But 10 years into my marriage, I realized I would look into the eyes of my husband for every approval that I required. Are we? I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that right now I looked in my husband's eyes for approval. But that's because I have known me too. Are we together, people? And when the Bible says that two people come together to become one, it is not two halves. The mathematics in spiritual terms are very different from our mental math that we do in schools. If one, the Bible says, we chase a thousand, two, we chase ten. Now, in the equation of joining, it's one whole person who has her mandate from God and one whole man who's got his mandate from God coming together. That's powerful. This season is a time to also Invest. So I'm, I'm, I'm making it spiritual and I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it real. A time for you to start planning. Working towards the future that you want. This time enables God help you see how he wants to map out the trajectory of your life. But half the time we leave too much to chance. We leave too much to chance. This evening, what are you leaving to chance? Are you one of those women that when you walk, once you hear, S did you see what just happened? I was walking, and yes, <laughs> you're almost waiting for someone to smile at you. I dare say, you have not owned this situation. Are you the guy too who walks about and almost as if you're always fishing for prey? You have not owned this stage of your life. Are you ready? Are you ready? 
are you really ready? God has so much that he wants to say to you. You know what I ask people? I always ask, when are you getting married? And they say, I'm not in a relationship yet. And I also, I reiterate, when are you getting married? And people always look at me like, ah, Ferrari. Is God really speaking to you? Is it 2020? Is it 2019? Or you are waiting for the man to tell you when? And that was something that I learned the hard way. People, there's beauty in being single. Because there's so many married people living single. Where communication has stopped. Because they never really were whole themselves. I want to read this scripture to you. Luke 5.15. It said, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that the crowds of people came to hear him. And bottom line, what the scripture was saying is that Christ was getting popular. He was getting really popular. People were knowing him. He had millions of followers on Instagram. Every time you put on CNN, he's there. He's the man of the moment. Every time you went somewhere, he was the speaker. But then, verse 16 said, Yet Jesus often withdrew to lonely places to pray. Are you single right now and you're thinking that, you know what, I'm going to leave anyhow. Work is going good. I tick the boxes for most women. After all, what they want is limited to the physical. Do you retreat often enough to go pray? This single season, Jesus was single. He relished it. He did everything that was planned for him to do. Yet, he had opposition. He had things on his mind. Half the time, I'm sure some of the things the Pharisees said confused him. People broke up with him. People betrayed him. One of his most trusted betrayed him. I almost see it as one of his most trusted gang raped him. But that didn't stop him from fulfilling destiny. I also want to talk about in 1 Kings 19. When Jezebel said to the prophet, this time tomorrow, I'll have your head on a plate. And the Bible says that he retreated. He put his hand in between his legs. And for a long time, I didn't understand what that meant. Why did he put his head in between his legs? But then I got it. He was down. He was out. He was frustrated. And some of you know the story. This was the same guy who had done magic. 
and was being healed. And then you do magic, you heal the sick, the lame walk, and somebody says, I'll deal with you. And then you run away like a little chicken. But he did that. And God was still there for him. But he only, he had to get to the space where it was only God that he was hearing. He shut everything else out. When you put your head in between your legs, it means that your laps are closing in on your ears. And he was there, he expressed his disappointment with life. Many single people are telling the wrong people how frustrated they are. You're talking to mere mortals who can do absolutely nothing about your situation. They can't comfort you. They don't even know what you require. But you tell them anyway and you waste your emotions. In the story of Elijah, the Bible said, Elijah was afraid when he got her message and he ran to the town of Beersheba in Judah. He left his servants there, then walked another whole day, blah, 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 blah. And then he got to this place where he put his head in between his legs. And the Bible says that he slept off. And then as he lay down in the shade and fell asleep, suddenly an angel woke him up and said, get up and eat. Elijah looked around and by his head was a jar of water and some baked bread. Tell me about a God that knows what you need. Tell me about a God that meets you at the point of your need. Let me tell you a secret. So many times, when I looked to my husband, great guy, for those who know him, kind-hearted, sweet, romantic, but life happens. When I shift my focus from God and I look to a human being to meet my needs, I'm sorely disappointed. And I feel empty. But when I learned that looking to God made my marriage excellent, I wished I had learned the trick earlier. Because there's so many times I want to bicker about certain things. But then... I groan to God first and all of a sudden he sorts it out to the point where I know nobody needs to tell me that somebody else cares about me. What are you facing right now? And you're looking to your boyfriend for the answer. Can we learn this evening to refocus? I want us to pray. There's a reason why we all have to be single before we get married. It's not a mistake. There's a reason why we all need to go to primary school before we get to secondary school. It's not a mistake. You are single because you need to learn the lessons that need to be learned. Learning them later can cost you everything. It can cost you your career. It can cost you your joy and your happiness. You can destroy things before you learn to love the things. I 
want you to tell God how grateful you are that you are single. Hey. Thank you, Jesus, that he broke up with me or she left me. Thank you, Lord, because you know what? It was only after the breakup that I could see clearly. I became sober and I became vigilant. And I could see that if we carried on like that, we were heading for the dustbin. Thank you, Lord, because I know that that marriage, if we had it, could never have worked. He wasn't whole enough. She wasn't whole enough. Thank you for giving me another chance. Thank you for giving me another chance to know that you are truly the one who rules in the affairs of men. I have struggles, Lord, but you know them. The Bible says that we don't serve a high priest who is not in tune with our infirmities. Many of us want to have sex. Your God knows it. Yes, you might say it in harsh tones, but he knows it. He put those desires on the inside of you, but he placed them there so that they, do not be, they don't begin to cloud you when you want to make a decision. So your God knows. Like our sister said, your God knows that you want compliments. You want somebody to say, oh my goodness, you look beautiful. Can you allow God to say it to you? Can you allow yourself to say it to yourself? Can you look in the mirror and say, oh my God, you made me really in your image and in your likeness. We're praying the power of God to break down strongholds this night. Where did the enemy hang your emotions? What are your emotions tied to that is not of God? Where are you looking that is not the direction that God wants you to be looking? Hey, Baba, refocus us in the name of Jesus. I can't do this on my own. I don't have the willpower. Because I know me, Lord. I know me. And you know me too. Oh, so I love you. Make me whole, Lord. Make me whole. Make me whole, Lord. That's all I need now, now, now. I need to be whole, Lord. I need to be complete in you. I need to be whole, Lord. Make me whole. Make me whole. Make me whole. Give me precision. Give me precision. Let me see clearly, Lord. Let me know clearly, Lord, what you're saying at every given point in time. You've kept me here for a reason, and I appreciate you. Can you love upon God? You know, there are times when I need a hug, and I tell you, I've needed hugs so badly that I feel the warmth of God. Hey, it's an experience that I wish everyone could feel. Do you need to be hugged? It's a warm feeling, but it comes from deep down inside. When the Spirit hugs you, tell God you need a hug. Do you need a hug? 
the problem half the time? We don't trust our spiritual man. We don't trust the spiritual man enough to believe that he can give you a physical hug. Talk to God. Hey, talk to God. When you haven't learned to talk to God, how do you want to keep talking in your relationship? Jesus, you are alive, Lord. Hey, hey, hey. I need you to learn to experience the kind of communication where you tell God everything that you feel. I've got a tummy ache. Jesus, I've got a tummy ache. I've got a headache. Can you tell God? Can you tell God? Can you share with him everything you have on the inside of you? What is going on at work? Can you begin to talk to God? Tonight. I wish very much as one of your pastors that we receive invitation cards very soon in the name of Jesus. But above this, I wish that you learn and you understand that the prerequisites to marriage, they need to be done. They need to be dotted. They need to be dusted. That is my prayer tonight. And as we do the closing prayer, can we hold hands? Every time we hold each other, there's a third hand that holds us. And that is the spirit. I want us to pray. I will not lack love, Lord. Begin to pray. You teach me the definition of love, Lord. You correct every prior knowledge that I have that is not of you, Lord. I want to now begin to experience this full love, this self-love and its awareness in the name of Jesus. Thank you so much, Father. Because you have dealt with things and you have broken barriers, we give you all the praise and all the adoration in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.